Welcome to the Today in the World podcast for 17th of November 2020. I'm your host, Uncle K, and here are the headlines. We will have a fusion of our physical, digital, and biological identity, Professor Klaus Schwab of the World Economic Forum says. Forced vaccination law in Denmark abandoned after public protests. German banks charging customers' interest to bank with them as negative interest rates take hold. And updates on the rumours of arresting Health Secretary Matt Hancock. Here's what you missed today in the world. Three hundred banks in Germany charge negative interest rates, including Deutsche Bank, Commerzbank, and ING. Story from Bitcoin News. A new report reveals that more than three hundred banks in Germany are now charging some customers negative interest rates. Some are big global banks, including Deutsche Bank, Commerzbank, and ING. Banks in Germany have been increasingly passing on the burden of negative interest rates to their clients after the European Central Bank adopted a negative interest rate policy. After lowering one of its key interest rates into negative territory in June 2014, the ECB then lowered the deposit facility rate incrementally until it reached the current rate of minus 0.5% in September 2019. German financial product comparison Horst Bialo described, Banks and saving banks usually avoid the terms negative interest or penalty interest, adding that they prefer to speak of the so-called custody fee. Some of the largest banks in Germany have also introduced negative interest rates. The, la- the latest major bank to do so is ING. According to the bank's list of prices and services, a custody fee of 0.5% will be charged starting on February the 1st, 2021. For current accounts opened after November 4th, if they have balances of over €100,000. Deutsche Bank has already been charging some clients a custody fee of 0.5% on current accounts with balances above €100,000. In its terms of service, Deutsche Bank wrote that it shall agree on the application of these special conditions and the obligation to pay the custody fee separately with the customer. Commerzbank introduced a custody fee of 0.5% for deposits over €250,000 at the end of 2019. Sorry, 2019, the financial year of 2019. Bialo noted that a negative interest rate applies to accounts opened after July 1st and the deposit threshold was lowered on October 1st to €100,000. The Association of German Banks, the main lobby group for German's financial sector, recently called on the ECB to reconsider its negative interest rate policy. Hans-Walter Peters, the president of the association, warned that more banks will be forced to charge their customers negative interest rates. Please, someone make this make sense. Like, imagine your bank sending you a letter telling you, oh, by the way, we're going to start charging you to hold your money with us, you know? Because you're giving me your money, that means I need extra money. Forget about all the money that I'm using to, you know, that I'm actually using your money to loan to other people and make more money from your actual deposit. Like, what kind of world are we living in where banks are charging people to hold their money? In the mean, in the meantime, you know, you've got cryptocurrency over here on the other side of the crypto of the sorry, the conspiracy theorist side, should I say? You know, the non-mainstream media influenced side of things, where you know we're being offered all of the answers to all of these issues that central banks around the world have imposed on us, all these issues that they've created for us. You know, but no one's interested. Why? 
because no one that you trust told you so. So, you know, I propose that you don't listen to anyone. Go and look into this when you can and look at our crumbling economies around the world, especially in the UK. You know, if you're in Europe, if you're in the UK, which most of the listeners are, then you will look at the negative interest rates coming in and simultaneously look at the job losses coming in from the COVID-19 lockdowns. You know, look at all of this stuff just combined in one picture and, you know, start creating and adding to the solutions that solve these problems because we're going to need as many people as possible to make sense of this. Because this, I don't know, like, are you happy with this? You know, let me know your thoughts as well. You know, banks are going to be charging you peas just, just for holding your, your money. Like, what kind of what kind of business is that? Meanwhile, Bitcoin today, um, let me see what price Bitcoin is on today. Um, I just bought, like, a little bit of Bitcoin the other day. It's my $620 worth of Bitcoin a couple of weeks ago is now worth $780. And I'm not no financial advisor or anything like that. I'm just learning about this stuff as I'm speaking about it the same time i'm speaking about it i'm learning about it you know but it's becoming quite clear you know that crypto is kind of trying to give us um a gateway a solution to, to these issues you know tell me what you think Forced vaccination law in Denmark abandoned after public protests. This one is coming from Summit News, and I'm very happy to be bringing you this news because this is just a win for freedom, you know, something that I care about deeply. And I was very worried when I first heard about the law that Denmark were, you know, being imposed this law that they were forced, you know, being forced. Imagine, you got to tell your kid, I don't want this vaccine in you, but government says you got to have one. So, boom, there you go. Next thing you know, side effects, you know, because let's be honest, these companies are known for these side effects. They're known for these injuries. They've paid out billions in settlements for these injuries. And you got to now explain to your child that I couldn't protect you, son, because the government told me that I need to va- I need to give you a vaccine. I, I didn't have any choice. I didn't want to go to jail. I didn't want to speak out about it. Well, guess what? In Denmark, they don't have to be going through that because they got together and they said, no, we ain't having it. Do you know what I mean? So let me shut up and I'll give you this story. All right, what, they, what it says from Summit News. A law in Denmark that would, have been, that would have given authorities the power to forcibly inject people with a coronavirus vaccine has been abandoned after nine days of public protests. The Danish health authority would have been able to define groups of people who must be vaccinated in order to, consa- in order to contain and eliminate a dangerous disease. People who refuse the above can, in some situations, be coerced through physical detainment with police allowed to assist. However, after nine days of straight protests against this new law, it has now been scrapped. With a coronavirus vaccine in sight, governments across the world are mulling over what punitive measures to bring against those who refuse to take it. Last week, we highlighted how both Ticketmaster and airline companies are considering barring people from entering venues and flying if they cannot prove they have taken the vaccine. So while public protests may be able to prevent authorities carrying out forced vaccinations, people who refuse to take the shot may find it virtually impossible to enjoy any kind of social life, use of public transport, or even find employment. Okay, well... 
this is a story that really serves as a message to those of you that see what's going on and you choose to do nothing, stay quiet and just hope that coronavirus just disappears and our government magically becomes good for the first time in ever and institu institutions just, you know, begin to work again. You know, NHS sorts itself out and all the rest of it. It's only like when people come together and are united about important issues and do not stop at what they want that, you know, things actually change. If the people of Denmark were too scared to speak out for shame of being called an anti-vaxxer or conspiracy theorist, then they would have been partly responsible for the decades of injuries that could potentially occur from these forced vaccinations. And let's not forget about the episode where I talked about the pharmaceutical company Pfizer and the thousands of people that are paid millions, that were paid millions of dollars through court settlements over the injuries that they sustained from these so-called great health products that are going to improve your life with a million terms and conditions, you know, now you can't even sue them. Now you can't even bring them to court over these injuries because of new laws that they've introduced, making them, you know, they, they don't have any liability for any injuries that you sustain. So keep on hoping and praying that you're going to get this vaccine to go and fix everything because guess what, mate, as soon as your kid, something happens to your kid because of it, you can't do nothing about it. And you're going to turn to now, you're going to turn to Boris, Boris Johnson. What does he know, mate? Come on, I don't want to, I really hate ranting about this stuff. I don't want to be that guy, you know, but um, the people of Denmark, they help stop the risk of all of that happening by making sure they have a choice in the matter. You know, if you want to go and get your vaccine, that's fine. Like, more power to you. You have a choice to do so, and I, and I respect your right to choose that. But there are thousands of people, millions of people that do not want these forced vaccinations, okay? And we're not having it. So, they, you know, just don't comply. Stop, stop cooperating with a government that is not on your side, you know. Let's remember that democracy is through consent. Like, this government, they're, they're governing us through by consent. The minute that you disagree with something that's going on, it's your duty as a human being taking part in this society to stand up, say something about it, do something about it. You don't need to be loud. You don't need to have a podcast like me. You can do a lot of other things, whether that's hustling, whether that's speaking, teaching, whatever it is, researching. Just don't have it, you know, don't, don't, it, you know, there's a saying that bad things happen because good men do nothing. Don't be one of those guys. Now, before I go into this next story, I want to say something because on this show, I want you to know why I'm doing this because I've been getting a lot of feedback. I've got some feedback from close friends, people that love me and the rest of it, you know what I mean? But um, I want people to know that I am consuming this information regardless. And all I'm doing with this podcast is I'm just summarizing it nicely for you. I'm not doing this for a check. I'm not doing this for attention. I actually don't really want to do this, you know, but it actually helps me to better piece all the information together and it can potentially help people. And maybe in the future, I'll start monetizing it some way if I get enough people interested. But the main, you know, my, my, my agenda here is really for me. I'm not doing it for you. Like, I'm helping people by helping myself. Do you know what I'm trying to say? So it is not my job, you know, it's not my job or intention to try and convince you of anything. I'm not here to try and convince you of a story, you know. I'm not trying to convince you of, of nothing or what to do. Every story I talk about, I tell you, go and do your own research. Now, I say this because the story that I'm going to talk about now and probably the stories I'm going to be talking on more in the future are the type of stuff that get people really wound up with this world. And and these are the stories that convince people that, you know, conspiracy theorists, they're destroying the world with your ignorance and your stupidity, yeah, all the rest of that bullshit, you know. But um, 
obviously that's not the truth. But if you are one of those people that lean towards that way and you're not aware of the global reset agenda, then I'm cautioning you as this next story has been known to get under people's skin. And to be honest, although I don't like the fact that, you know, if you are one of those people, if I don't like it that you're like that. But the last thing I want to do is to add to your mental confusion, add to your paranoia and, you know, mess with your mental health. I don't want to do that for you. You know, I might be irritated. I'm irritated with the world right now. That's a given. You can hear it from the tone of my voice. But if this is too deep for you, listen, just just tune out, you know, fast forward and go to another story that's easier for you to digest because I actually want you to understand things and I don't want to scare you off. So, yeah, if you, if, if you are not open to this stuff, then, yeah, just, just skip this one. Klaus Schwab. Great Reset will lead to a fusion of our physical, digital and biological identity. From Summit News, globalist Klaus Schwab made it clear that transhumanism is an integral part of the Great Reset when he said that the fourth industrial revolution would lead to a fusion of our physical, digital and biological identity, which in his book he clarifies is implantable microchips that can read your thoughts. As we have highlighted earlier, The Great Reset is attracting a deluge of fresh attention in the aftermath of the coronavirus pandemic, which Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau said was an opportunity for a reset. The agenda is primarily based around dismantling the current capitalist system in favour of greater centralised technocrat rule, which will lead to lower living standards, less fuel consumption, fewer civil liberties, and the accelerated automation of jobs. However, another key aspect to the Great Reset, or the Fourth Industrial Revolution, as Schwab calls it, is merging man with machines. It does seem, though, just to add, that this transhumanism approach is being sold to us as a tool, that by fusing us with machines, our thoughts can be easily read, which means court proceedings, law enforcement, stuff like this, these kind of areas um will, will, will make great progress with the technology by merging us with the technology you know you don't need to have all of these small rules and law and stuff to find out what the truth is you can just go inside a person's mind so it continues the article as capabilities in this area improve the temptation for law enforcement agencies and courts to use techniques to determine the likelihood of criminal activity assess guilt or even possibly retrieve memories directly from people's brains will increase Sounds like something from Star Trek. This is what Schwab writes. He says, continuing, even crossing a national border might one day involve a detailed brain scan to assess an individual's security risk. Indeed, some of us already feel that our smartphones have become an extension of ourselves. Today's external devices, from wearable computers to virtual reality head headsets, will almost certainly become implantable in our bodies and brains. Schwab also openly endorses something the media still claims is solely a domain of discussion for conspiracy theorists, namely active implantable microchips that break the skin barrier of our bodies. The globalist hails the arrival of implanted devices that will likely also help to communicate thoughts normally expressed verbally through a built-in smartphone and potentially unexpressed thoughts or moods by reading brainwaves and other signals. So in other words, the fusion of our physical, digital and biological identity relates to the transhumanist singularity and a future where people have their every movement tracked and every thought read 
by an implantable microchip. It isn't a conspiracy theory when they're openly telling you what they want to do. I remember some time ago, it used to be a conspiracy theory that Area 51 exists. It used to be a conspiracy theory that the government uh, records your calls. A lot of things that we now know as fact used to be conspiracy theories. And the funny, the, the even funnier thing is, is that when they are exposed as fact, no one gives a shit. No one, no one's concentrating on that. You know, they're concentrating on what the mainstream narrative is. And that's where most people's focus is, unfortunately. But there are actually loads of examples of this kind of thing happening all the time. But, you know, people will believe what they want to believe. And it's not my job to change your belief. There's plenty of guys on YouTube for that. I ain't got the energy for that. I'm talking about stuff that matters. If you care, listen. If you don't, then don't listen. You know, so what I want to know is what do you think about this? I've been getting a lot of responses lately on all these topics I'm talking about. And, you know, I've been getting a, you know, thank you for people that have sent me information. Thank you to friends and family that have been sending me information. I appreciate it and it helps me. I want to know what um, you think about this agenda and what we can do to protect our freedom while we still have it. I'm also on the lookout for any political agendas that align with these transhumanism goals to make sure that you know, basically no crazy new laws just seem to pop out at us. No crazy inventions pop out at us. Like we, you know, how do I make sense of this? Like what I mean to say is that we need to, you know, really share information so that nothing surprises us. We know that there's a global agenda. Now we need to look at the things that align with that agenda, if, if that makes sense. And we cannot be too distracted with stupid elections that don't really matter to me or BLM or Sainsbury's racist adverts or, you know, that kind of stuff, you know? So yeah, whatever you've got, send it over. Let's discuss it. And yeah. Okay. So I know those of you that are interested in your freedom, um, probably heard the rumors, might've listened to my podcast on it about the arrest warrant for Matt Hancock. Apparently Matt Hancock apparently has a arrest warrant out on him, but instead he's actually doing interviews with Piers Morgan. Not exactly what we'd hoped for. I spoke recently about the potential arrest of Matt Hancock from a class action lawsuit. Updates from the lawsuit have gone quiet after Michael Obernicia announced the arrest warrants being approved on Friday evening. This has further dampened people's hopes that we can put an end to the alleged fraud and criminal activities expressed by those represented by the People's Union of Britain. On Friday, the Bernetian announced on his Facebook page, People's Union of Britain versus Matt Hancock application for arrest warrant approved, leading to hundreds of shares and hundreds of comments on the post where some people expressed extreme skepticism and others expressed extreme gratitude and hope that we can finally end this misery we've all been going through over the past year. But unfortunately, it's now Tuesday and there have been no news whatsoever about an arrest, no updates from the Bernetian, and Matt Hancock has instead been on Good Morning Britain, actually giving typical political style interviews, not admitting to any mistakes that have so obviously been made, not answering any questions directly and just pissing off Piers Morgan. Watching him in that interview, to be honest, really makes me feel sick. I don't know how people actually can stomach this kind of nonsensical bullshit with these stupid politicians answering <laughs> dumb, just just not even answering the questions that these guys are asking, you know, pretty direct questions as well about important issues. And, you know, it's no wonder that the masses really feel so helpless 
when you know you give all your power to these lying politicians who don't do what's in your best interests. But back to the point, there have been no arrests made, and that is very disappointing to many of us. Some people have speculated that the recent resignation of Dominic Cummings is a sign that he is trying to jump the ship or something before it sinks. From my count, there's been around 11 MPs so far who have resigned over the last month, including Bolton West's Chris Green, who said in his letter to the Prime Minister that the attempted cure is worse than the disease. Those are his exact words. There was also a very heart heartfelt speech in the Houses of Parliament where a Conservative MP, Desmond Swain, said there is a danger that the state has learned a powerful lesson, namely that the British people do not worry too much about their liberties and they can be dispensed conveniently when need arises, which is nothing but the truth, unfortunately, again. Um, but I have to note, while recording this episode, Michael Bernisha actually tweeted a link to his blog page where he gave uh, a new update on this um, criminal investigation, so to speak. Um, and it's titled Chief Magistrate Nominates Judge in Private Prosecution Against Matt Hancock. So it seems there are some updates still coming. But unfortunately, his website is just constantly attacked by a lot of malicious malware and is constantly going down. Similar to what happened with London Real when they tried to interview David Icke after being banned from YouTube. This, to some people, have you know has confirmed in their mind that there's some truth behind all of this because random websites don't just get maliciously attacked and there has to be something more to it than what we actually know, you know, which, which is true. You know, you can't really disagree with that. Why is his website just being attacked? If there's no, if there's no issue, then, you know, it, it should just be out in the public. No one should care, but it does seem to be getting censored on social media a little bit. And his websites are just completely just going down all the time. Every time I go to his website, it shows me that I'm actually looking at a snapshot of the website because the live website is down, you know, so it's all very looking very fishy. But I always say there's no smoke without fire, but I just won't say that there's fire until I see it because there's too much at stake. So what does all this mean? The truth is, I don't really have any idea. <laughs> I've reached out to a couple of people to try and find out more information on the topics, but so far I haven't had any luck. What people really want to know right now, um, they want to see some hard evidence that there's action actually being taken against these MPs. And it's not just, you know, rubbish being spread on, on the news, on the social media. But for now, we really just have to sit and wait and see, keep collecting evidence. And we have to be OK with not knowing the whole picture right now. You know, it is a waiting game. Sometimes we don't know. You just have to be OK with it. Interestingly, though, there has been a huge secondary effect from this. And I've noticed, I've witnessed, you know, amongst all people that the mood has changed quite a bit. And people went from the constant misery and doom and gloom to actually looking at potential answers and ways we can get ourselves out of this mess. You know, um, there's been a huge surge in people online giving out lessons and public Zoom calls talking about common law and presenting very clear evidence that shows how the Coronavirus Act 2020 was established from inaccurate data that the government was aware of. You know, it's quite easy to see this, which is why I think many people are saying that there's a case for this to go ahead, which is, you know, really just making so much people so happy. So even though people haven't exactly got what they wanted, it does feel like there's progress and there is hope and there is a pathway to redemption. In tomorrow's episode, hopefully the Venetians blog site will have improved its security and I'll be able to get into it and see some more updates on these apparent criminal proceedings.
So that's all I've got time for today. Um, I want to do a bonus episode soon because there are important subjects that I want to talk about and um, there's a couple of people that I've been thinking of as guests to bring on. But I want to know from the people what you think we can do to repair the damage that's been done so far to the economy, um, how we can get ourselves out of the situation, how we can actually hold the government to account, how we can look at some of these, you know, like the coronavirus acts and stuff like that and see how we can, you know, get ourselves out of this mess. Because there are things that are being suggested. There's work that's being done underground, which isn't going to be on the mainstream. You're not going to hear about this. It's, it's just not going to happen. We have to actually talk to people. <laughs> you have to talk to your friends and you have to just build your network from scratch. Um, so, yeah, let me know what you guys want to know. What, let me know what, what you guys want to hear, what kind of people you'd like me to interview. Because there are a few people, but I need to know. I need to know what you think. So, yeah, until tomorrow, um, I'll see you again then. Good night, good evening, have a good evening.